guys and girls uh, today we are going to continue with uh, Ephesians 2 and I think Ephesians 2 is such a great book because it's a reminder of how we were before we came to Christ and where God took us out from so he took us out from a state of sin and now he has made us sanctified through the blood of Jesus so I'm gonna start in Ephesians 2 verse 1 as for you you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world, and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature deserving of wrath. So I want to go back to verse 1. As for you, so he's talking to these Ephesians, we were dead in your transgressions and sins. So he's stating right here, Paul is emphasizing to the Ephesians that they are now alive in Christ. They're no longer in, uh, dead in their transgressions and sins. And one of the things that I believe he's stating this is he's reminding them where they came from, where they came out from. So he's saying, now you're alive. You're no longer dead because Jesus made you alive. So, another version of Ephesians 2, is Ephesians 2.1, instead of saying transgressions and sins, it actually says, in your trespasses and sins. So, trespasses, this means that we have crossed the line, that we have been challenging God's boundaries. And sins, pretty much, is that we have missed a mark. So, by being sinning, we're missing God's perfect standards. Trespasses also speaks of a man as a rebel. Sin speaks as a man as a failure. So before God, we're both rebels and failures. We have some examples of this, that we were before blind, we were slave to sins, we were lover of darkness, we were uh, sick, we were lost, we were strangers, foreigners, children of wrath, and we were under the power of darkness. But now through Jesus Christ, we're no longer that. God sees the best of us. So remember, God has made us alive by Jesus' resurrection. So one of the things is that life can be considered in many different ways. We could categorize it from being vegetable life, animal life, mental life, moral life, spiritual life. But we got to remember that a person may be alive in one sense, but dead in another. So to be spiritually dead, it doesn't mean that we're physically dead, socially dead, or psychologically dead dead but yet it is a real death so through jesus christ our spirit is alive so if we go back to verse two and three it says so we were dead before in our sins in which you used to live when you follow the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient all of us also lived among them at one time gratifying the cravings of our flesh and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature disturbing of wrath. So verse 2 and 3, I like that it points out that it says, in which you used to live. So at one time, we lived in trespasses and sins. So according to the ways of the world, which were orchestrated by Satan. So Satan is the ruler of the kingdom of the air. Another word that it calls Satan in the Bible is the prince. The prince. So, Pretty much the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the prince of this world, he's still very much alive 
and he's the one causing rebellion against God. So all the people following him are the sons of disobedience. And I think it's really interesting that it refers to Satan as the kingdom of as as the ruler of the kingdom of the air because pretty much he's working his powers in the non-visible world. So he's invisible and he's also whispering in our ear how to be disobedient. So Paul tells all of us in verse 3 that we used to be like that. We were gratifying the cravings of our flesh, which is the opposite of the spirit. We were following its our desires and our thoughts. So we were disturbing of wrath, the God, the wrath of God. But because of Jesus, we have been made justified. And we are working towards obedience every day as we follow the path of Christ. So... He also stated to the Ephesians that they once lived in sin, which was the old way. And now that through the crucifixion of Jesus, now we inherited the nature of Christ because we accepted him. But before, by default, we inherited the sin nature of Adam, which is pretty much all the world system and everything Satan does. So one might say that the influence of the old ways might still want to influence the flesh, but if we walk in the Spirit, we're going to be walking and becoming more like Christ. Remember, we once walked in according to our flesh, but Jesus made us alive and we're no longer dead people comfortable in this coffin called flesh. So God is urging us to escape this coffin of the world. When we were spiritually dead, we felt comfortable in our sin. But now that we have a new life in Christ Jesus, we must escape that coffin and leave it behind. So when it talks about who now works in the sense of disobedience, in sin, we respond to Satan's guidance. The same ancient Greek verb is used in Ephesians 2, 2, for the work of Satan is in unbelievers, and also used later on in Ephesians 3, 20, where it says, for the power of God, that he works in believers. So it's kind of the same thing, you know, like Satan works with unbelievers, but God works with believers. So there's a power of disobedience and obedience. So I remember I already explained this a little bit about the power of the air. Uh, Satan usually speaks in the realm of the air because that's his environment. It's his domain. Later on in Ephesians 6.12, it says that domain of the air is another form, another word for like the heavenly realms. And Ephesians 6.12 tells us that our, our battle is not against flesh nor blood. It's not against people, but it's against darkness and spiritual forces of wickedness that we are waging our war against. Because Christ is allowing us to penetrate this heavenly realm to defeat him through the riches of Christ, through the blessings that he already gave us. Jesus already defeated all these demonic things in the cross, but we got to take hold of the weapons that the Lord gave us to be able to defeat him in our daily walk. So remember, before Christ, we were once among the sin, the sons of disobedience. And how do we show this? We show this with our co conduct, the way we walk, the way we did things, the way we used to talk to other people. We were embracing the lust, the lusts of the flesh, which pretty much were perversions of our desires, of our human nature. Our human nature is wicked. It's satanic because it's against the spirit of Christ. So by nature, we were children of wrath because we all deserve wrath because of our sin that lives in our flesh. But because of Jesus, he has given us a new heritage through his blood.
So let's carry on. Uh, verse 4. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. So, I believe God loves every single person. He loves murderers, he loves rapists, he loves people who consider themselves good but they're not really good but because of his God's because of God's great love and mercy he sent Jesus to save us by grace and regardless of what we have done God wants to cleanse us and he wants to have a relationship with us so his love is so great that it extends even to those who are unlovely by human standards that is everyone all of us who were children of the wrath uh, verse 5 through 7. So, even when we were in sin, God loved us. He didn't wait for us to be uh, uh, until we were ready to be lovable. He loved us the way we were. He loved us even when we were dead in our trespasses. So, we didn't do anything for Him to love us. He just loved us out of His own will. So, pretty much, we have to really go back to salvation and think. We have to be dead in order for him to bring us to life. So in order to be safe, we have to be dead and we every attempt that we try to justify ourselves as like, oh I'm good enough, that has to be dead. That has to die before coming to Christ because we gotta acknowledge that we're dead without Jesus. He who hears his word and believes in him will pass from death into life. That was John five twenty four. So we gotta accept that we can't do anything in our own to deserve this. This is a gift. So he made us alive together with Christ. He shared in our death so that we could share into his resurrection. So the old man was crucified and we are now new creations in Jesus and the old things passed away. And this is done through accepting the Lord and through getting baptized. So remember, we were saved by grace. It is not by our own works. It is not by our own doing. It is given to the undeserving. So now we get to sit together in the heavenly places with Jesus. This is saying that now we have a new citizenship. We're no longer belonging to this world. Now we belong to God. And in the future, if you see back in... um verse 7 it says in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressing expressing his kindness to us in christ jesus this is saying that in the future god will continue to show the exceeding riches of his grace to us god will never stop dealing with us on the basis of grace and he will forever continue to unfold his riches through us to us through eternity so verse 8 for it is by grace you have been saved through faith this is not from yourselves it is the gift of god not by works so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance to do. So verse 8 through 10 really touches me because it keeps saying, it is by grace you have been saved. It is the gift of grace given to the undeserving. We're not even saved by our faith, guys. Through faith itself is not a work, but by grace through faith. So let me go back and... Um, explain a little bit more so faith produces works from the holy spirit if we really believe in something we're going to give our everything because a lot of people say i have faith 
but they don't do anything. So that's not a real faith. Faith. Uh, when you believe in something, you're going to do something about it. Faith produces a re an, an action that produces a reaction. So the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, which you could find in Galatians 5. So the works that we do, they don't produce salvation. But if we really believe... If we're really thankful of what God did, it's going to produce works. And God didn't want us to be saved by works. He didn't want us to rush and keep like doing things so that we, so that He would love us. Otherwise, we will be boasting and saying, "Oh, uh, salvation is an accomplishment of my own doing," and we will be boasting. But under God's plan of salvation, God alone receives the glory. For we are his workmanship. I like that phrase. God saved us not only from the wrath that we deserve, but also to make something beautiful out of us. We are his workmanship, which translates to the ancient Greek uh, poema. So the idea is that we're like a poem. So created in Christ Jesus for good works. So the beautiful thing is that God is making us active, uh, his works through us. So these are just much part of God's predestined plan as anything else is. These good works are a valid assistance as someone is walking as one of God's chosen. So if we don't do anything good with what the Lord gave us, you really got to question yourself. Are you really thankful for what the Lord did in you?